The pigs are weaking, Brad. Wait, are they? I don't hear anything. No, no, they're in the other room. They might be. I don't know. I was trying to do a hand. The pigs are the pigs are weaking, Brad. Aha. I, I was trying to figure out how to tie this into tech somehow and say like, oh, the, the noise filtering on this chat service we're using is very good because I can't hear those pigs weaking. You have pigs. I uh, I do not have pigs. I, I am a temporary custodian of guinea pigs. Yes, you are a, a caretaker for what? Another two days or something? Friday they go. Yeah. Wait. Oh, really? I know. I'm sad. Man. Wait, are you? I, I. So, OK. There's, you know, the the teacher, our teacher, our, our daughter's teacher from last year sent a note around was like, hey, can, does anybody want to take the guinea pigs? I have two cats and a dog in my house and I don't think it's a good idea for them to live with me this summer. So we're going to they're going to go, go on the tour uh, of all the second and, and third grade classrooms. And so we picked uh, they came they came last Friday. The last parent, uh, parent and children who had them brought them by and we set them up on the hearth in the living room because okay. that's the biggest space that we have available for them. And I I have never, aside from like a few minutes here and there with your pigs, mm-hmm. I had never really spent any time with guinea pigs before. And now you know, I've been getting delightful messages from you all week every time they do something ridiculous. And you have, I, I have really enjoyed vicariously living through your, your, your ongoing discovery of what complete goofballs guinea pigs are. Yeah, they're, they're huge goopers. They are the goofiest animals on the planet and nobody knows it unless you've had them yourself. So, so like we have pumpkin and licorice. They're both boys. Okay. And uh pumpkin is the epitome of a guinea pig in my head. He's like, he's got, he's got a lovely orange coloring with a kind of darker spot on his side. He's got perfectly fur covered ears. His, his fur is smooth and sleek. He looks chonky yet svelte. Okay. And uh, he's very serious. Okay. Uh, licorice on the other hand has like 18 cowlicks. Oh, he's, Ab- he's an Abyssinian. Is that what it is? Okay. Yes. yes. Abyssinians have the cowlicks all over the place. And he, he basically, anytime he, okay. So, the time I've spent with rodents before has been like rats and mice and guinea and, yes. and hamsters, and they don't really regard you. They're I, not. I, yes. I try to tell people that all the time. When people think of guinea pigs, they just think of like slightly larger hamsters and gerbils. And it's, yeah, it's not right. That's not, not right. They, they they have every bit as much personality as dogs and cats. Yeah, like, like, well, OK, the dogs and the cats learn where to poop and the pigs not so much. Ooh. At least these pigs. These oh, might well, be. See, that's the thing. You if you were to become. A more permanent owner, I could give you a lot of tips. Oh, okay, okay, about 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 directing them where to go. So, and then you don't have to clean the whole cage all the time. Well, but so the point. Okay, that's good. Good information for Gina. the 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 thing about licorice is, every time he regards you, he does the dramatic prairie dog look, and it's it's very funny. But he's very serious about it, and like it, I didn't expect them. Like when you go sit at, like after I finish a stream at night, I'll go sit down in front of the in front of their pen. And like they both come over and they're like, hey, what's up? And they look at me and they're like, you got any food or anything? Or you just want to you like I'd take a pet maybe. Oh, yeah. Like they're very affable. They, I mean, they they more than just regard you like we open the cage and put the little we have a little rug that we put out to just kind of expand their roamable mm-hmm. area. And like if you get down on your knees and say hello, they'll, like, they'll run up and like climb up on your knees. Like, really? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that it takes time, though. Like it takes more a lot more than a week to to draw them out that much, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. They climb up the side of the cage. They vocalize in 800 different ways. Like every, every Guinea pig we've ever had has had like so many personal idiosyncrasies that. Yeah. They, they, they have a, they have a, a stunning amount of personality. I have quite enjoyed getting to know uh, pumpkin and licorice. One of, one of ours, one of the ones we have now, every time we, we, we fully, we clean the cage every day, but we fully like replace everything once a week. Yeah. As soon as we put them back in every week, right after that cage toss, she just runs around the cage, swaying her butt back and forth and like hip bopping things like <laughs> like I a sachet. Yes. She's like literally will just sort of like boom, 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 like like kind of sway her <laughs> hips into things like she'll knock things over. She just runs around rearranging everything. It's ridiculous. They're they're like they they move. They have a little stump that they hang out in. They like cover, right? Yes. They're prey animals. They yeah, like, they like to be under things. So we we like they have they have two little hutches, but the crate that they're in for the summer, the one that they have in class is a little bit bigger, but the one that they're going from house to house in is a little bit smaller. So we've done like a hammock to give one of them cover or like a platform, a low platform where they can kind of hang out under there for sleeping and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, they're 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 delightful. Like the other night, Gina and, and the kiddo came in and they were like, Dad, they're doing something hilarious. <laughs> And I was like, 
like, is everything okay? And, and the, my daughter who's eight was like, yeah, that's so funny. And I looked at Gina. I was like, are they okay? She's like, yeah, they're fine. I had to look it up, but they were doing this thing called popcorning, which yeah. I had never heard of before. <laughs> And they popcorn apparently when they're very happy is what the internet told us. Yes. We thought they might be, Gina thought they might be having seizures and we had to go to the emergency room real fast. Yes. Like the, the idea of you not, uh, the idea of you witnessing popcorning without knowing what popcorning is, is so hilarious to me. I can't explain it. Like, it's like they're, they're, they're so taken by spasms of joy that their muscles tense up and they jump like four inches into the air. They're yeah. like, they're like jumping beans. They're it's like, it's yeah. literally like popcorn popping. Like that's, they, 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 they become airborne. They contort midair. Yep. I, I have many times I have seen guinea pigs do full 180s. And then when one of them, one, when one of them does it, usually the other one gets going yep. and yep. they kind of can feel it's like, the, it's like you get the giggles it's, and it's contagious. It's ridiculous. I have seen, I have seen a pig popcorn all the way around a cage doing a lap before. <laughs> They're the goofiest animals on the planet. I wish more people, I, you know what? You should do a pig cast. I may have, well, I shouldn't say it out loud. Don't say it out loud. A twit. I tr- registered a Twitch account. Dun, dun, dun. Piggy's 24 seven coming to a live stream near you. Ooh, I like this. This is a patron benefit. Stay tuned. Um, no, they're awesome. They're lovely. The yes. only problem is the cage situation. Like our house is small. Yeah. We want to get dogs again. We're actually kind of looking for dogs right now. And I feel like it's unkind to have dogs and pigs together. I could see the conflict. Yeah. Prey and prey animals. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's a match made in a tragedy. Let's let's just maybe we should just move on to the tech. Welcome to Brad and Will Made a Tech Pod. I'm Will. I am Brad. Hello. Hello, Brad. Hi. How are I you? Never, I never know what to say after that. Like the, the cadence of that intro is such that I feel like I should just say I'm Brad and stop. But I feel like that's violating every yes and rule that I have ever learned. Uh, Help me out here. No, I think that I think I think you handle it very well. OK, I think right. you look the the. The beautiful, the reason I started, the reason Norm and I started doing, hi, I'm Will from Tested, I'm Norm from Tested, was because we couldn't, it's like, it's like that Talladega Nights joke about not knowing what to do with your hands. We just couldn't, we were bad (laughs) at starting videos. Okay. So we were just like, let's just have the, say say the same stupid thing every time. And then we did it for like five years and then we got four years and then we got tired of it. We stopped. Well, then the problem just becomes what is the first thing I say after the thing I always say? Like, you're just you're just deferring the problem about five seconds. No, but this is this is like writing. This is like, you know, if you're a, if you write novels then they tell you just, you know, sit down in the morning and write like three sentences. It doesn't matter what they are. They can be yeah. complete garbage. You're just going to throw them out. But it's just to get it's to get your fingers moving in your brain sure. working on the keyboard. Right. Sure. There's a Stephen King quote I have clung to for years. It was in that book on writing. I don't know if on writing is one of my is my probably my favorite book about learning to write oh it's so good yes i haven't read it in way too long but the, the quote is essentially like writing is easy it's knowing what to write that's hard yeah turns right? out yeah i think that applies to most everything probably i, th- I mean this the the one of the things i learned working at tested and interviewing hundreds or thousands of makers is that the hardest part is always starting once you get started, then like one thing leads to another and, and on and on and on. Sometimes you stall out. Sometimes you stop. Sometimes you don't know what to do next and you have to look it up. But once you get that first couple, those first couple of things, that initial inertia moving, everything yeah. gets easier. Who was so. that? Um, uh, God, we're never going to actually talk about Windows 11 here. Who was the um, legendary Simpsons writer that just gave his first interview in like 20 years a few weeks ago? And people oh, everybody um, was flipping out about it. And I don't remember his name and I had not heard of him before, which I think was by design because he seems to keep to himself. God, I've talked about him three times this you know week. John, you know, his name's John it, something. It's John Grund- something, and it's a long last name. Grund- Grundelson. He sounds like he's from Swart- Minnesota. Schwartzwelder? Schwartzwelder. Yes, John, right. John Schwartzwelder. He has a diner, like a diner booth, two diner booths in his house because he likes to work in oh, diners. that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, well, part of that interview was him talking about how he wrote The Simpsons. Yeah. And if I remember, his technique was essentially to write the episode with no jokes in it. Like, oh, yeah. So I mean, here's the framework of story. He gave a way better explanation for it than I could. But yeah, it was essentially just like, like, don't try to think of the funny stuff. Like the, the meat of the Simpsons is the jokes, right? And yeah. it's just like, don't even bother trying to come up with the jokes on your first draft. Like, just get the damn draft done. 
in 30 minutes, go to bed and then wake up the next morning and maybe some jokes will have popped into your head by then. It's just like, just start doing the work, just get it down on paper and then fill in the part that matters. So he does. I mean, this is Scott. John Scalzi says the same thing. Do the easy part first and then come back and do the hard part after the easy part's done. Yes. Um, Podcasting is a distinctly linear format, though, so you can't really pick and choose. We just got to go with it. I mean, I don't know. I feel like we do the hard part because we do like we have fairly extensive notes on every yes. episode, most yes, every we, episode. We have one to about a page and a half of bullet points about Windows 11 here. Talking about the means people are going to ask for them, but they're not really formatted for human consumption. They're, they're pretty ugly. I mean, I we have like occasionally, like especially with this one, we have like kind of conversations in the in the notes. Yeah, because we're filling them out at the same time. And yeah, like maybe we should post these because these are. These are especially conversational. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm okay. with. Okay. So Windows 11, Windows 11, uh, last Thursday morning, we talked about it on the tech pod discord with yes. patrons. We, we, we did a stage next we time. We, we, that was kind of a trial. Um, the stage is there like clubhouse slash Twitter spaces thing where you can like do a live radio show. Basically. Yeah. Um, we opened it up to everybody. Uh, next time we'll tweet about it both on sweatpants tech and probably our own Twitter's. Uh, I, I quite enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun way to it was do pretty that. Neat. Yeah, we, we were going to novel. properly talk over that Windows 11 stream with video on a proper live streaming service, but we I couldn't get my shit together. I, well, it's been a busy couple of weeks. I, I was very glad after the fact that we didn't bother to do that because they insisted on using their own live stream player rather than any of the turnkey services out there that are very reliable. And it completely broke. It worked on Twitter. Twitter was fine. Well, that's the thing. We ended up having to watch that thing on Twitter because Microsoft's own embedded live player was was a disaster. Not great. Uh, But but yeah, so the the upshot is um, they announced Windows 11. They announced Windows 11 like like five, five, six years ago. They came out and said, look, this is the Windows 10. This is the last Windows. We're never going to need another one. It's going to be Windows as a service from now on. But here we are. Do you know if um, did that announcement predate Nadella? Was that after he came? He took over. I believe that was the last sweaty gasp of Steve Ballmer, but Wait, I really could be wrong. Cause that does not sound like a Ballmer esque move. Ballmer seems like a guy who sold box products and wanted to sell box products forever. So yeah. if, if anything, I would guess that was like Nadella's big regime change. Like, ah, we're doing things differently. We're the new Microsoft. That's just my guess. The reason it's, I ask is like, is he the one who is going back on his own word now? Uh, it, I, it's were, possible. Were they I'm looking were, up now? Sorry for the typing. Were they, were they not to be taken at their word? Clearly look, never the, take any companies the, at their word, Brad. The Windows, the Windows 10 was the last Windows. I was, you know, I've gotten pretty used to Windows 10. I think it's all right. Windows 10 was released in 2015, which was almost almost six years ago, like so, July 15th. OK, so by, so by by forever, they meant six ish years. I mean, it's yeah, that's a long time for an OS. I guess so. that's like Windows XP time span, basically. OK, um, it it's a like I I don't I'm. So first off, I don't think that there's anything wrong with them saying, hey, we need to do a new version of Windows. I actually kind of welcome it. And from looking at the stuff that they're doing both on the front end and on the back end, I don't necessarily agree that it's all good, but I, I'm I'm glad that they're doing I, I'm glad that they're making steps to make Windows more robust. Yeah. Because I mean, essentially we're still working on the same. I mean, some stuff has changed, but the underpinnings are more or less the same since Windows 7 or Vista even, which is which we're looking at like that's like 10, 15 years. It's yeah. a long time. I mean, the, the quality and necessity of the new stuff they're adding is subjective, but I feel like at least in a, in the aggregate, it, it is enough stuff to justify the full name change, the full new product rollout, like the under the hood and on the surface, the, they're they're doing enough to it that it feels like a new Windows. Well, and and I think I think the the thing for me that's interesting here is that like there was a big kerfuffle and we'll get into it about the min spec stuff, the minimum specification for the for the OS requiring some hardware encryption stuff, which is just to be clear, TPM is is kind of a mixed bag and and the stuff that they're doing around like virtualization to segregate the core parts of the OS and the and the um the the so like security current like the 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 stuff that needs to be protected from malware basically is the gist is potentially really interesting and good now there's a lot of potential downside to that too and we'll definitely talk about that but in a world where in a in a world where ransomware on windows machines is bringing down gas pipelines and causing billions and trillions of dollars of economic impact 
and the ransomware threat is accelerating every day. I'm glad that we're that Microsoft is making taking steps to make a more secure version of Windows that uses the tools that are available on modern hardware now rather than waiting until it's a disaster like they did with Windows XP. This seems like a pressing need. I forgot. Uh, God, I forgot that pipeline hack was basically just a. Yeah, some basic vulnerability, right? Yeah, it's just some some bullshit that if the people who were running IT there were better at their job, then it probably right. wouldn't have been a problem. It was, it was, but it was also, some... it probably wasn't their fault because my guess is if it's like every business in the world, they were underfunded and didn't have the resources to do what they needed to do. Somebody guaranteed somebody was screaming about that vulnerability for months or years. Yeah, <laughs> there, there, will, there will be memos. Yeah. In addition to backend stuff and security stuff, there's cosmetic redesign for the first time since essentially Windows 10 came out, which is, a, I think, not a bad thing. I feel like it's going to be divisive in this in on this show, but yeah. we'll find out. Uh, you, hmm. What makes you say that? Just look, some of us are set in our ways and some <laughs> of us are open to change. Uh, we'll see who is the most fixed and who who is the most uh, uh, mobile. Yeah, I mean, Windows 10 had some minor updates over the years. I'm trying to remember what their branding was for some of that stuff. It's. <gasps> Not really. Uh, fluent design, I want to say. They added it? acrylic. Acrylic, acrylic, I think, was. Really? Let me see. Windows 10 acrylic. They named it after plexiglass? Yes. It was when they rolled in a bunch of transparency. I think it was a bunch of GPU accelerated stuff. Like, it's like, oh, the, the, the clock and the calendar, when you pop them up, now you can see through them. Really? Yeah. That came along mid-Windows 10. Whoa. Yeah. I never noticed Project that. acrylics. Let's see. Acrylic material for Windows apps. Yes, that absolutely is a thing. Okay. But, but nobody uses yeah, like that. The, yeah, the Windows, the Windows 11 stuff is certainly more profound. Yeah, it's it's like like it's a nice refresh. I think I think like the rounded corners in the windows, ah, the center task start ah, menu. What you don't like the rounded corners? No, I hate you rounded corners. OS X for a long time. I hate rounded corners. They got what? rid of them. The OS 10 has not had rounded corners for well, also it's not OS 10. And we OS should talk 11, about that as sorry. well. Yeah, we still need to talk about whether the existence of Mac OS 11 is what occasioned the oh creation God. of windows 11 or not maybe but, the, um, but by that logic then they should have called this the xbox five and not the xbox series I mean, or whatever that's, that's, that's that is anyway. like famously that's where the name xbox 360 came from because there there was a playstation 3 imminent i know the next um, one's going to be the xbox 720 dude yeah we've, um yeah but um I, we're getting off topic. i like rounded corners oh i hate them man i dude what what are those lonely little bundles of pixels on the corners going to do i don't care if not display screen nice. I like hard edges. I think they, I don't know. I, like, but the, like ultimately victimless crime here, right? Nobody I, cares at the end of the day, if the corners are rounded, it's not going to hurt you. I mean, what no. did the rounded corners do to you, Brad? Like I dude, I mean, if you, if you think I am not going to see if there's a registry edit day one to restore <sighs> hard corners, you are. Okay. Okay, okay. I'm not going to, I'm not going <laughs> to centered start menu that that's, I don't have strong feelings one way or the other. Well, I, I don't, for that. that one's fine because you can still put it back on the left if you want, but. I, I see. I see the use case for that. Yeah, I, I will. You know, I will set it to the left. Like the second I install Windows 11, but that's fine. Yeah. What are these floating pop-ups? I didn't. I missed that one. Uh, it's for stuff like the. Um, you know, like if you click on your uh, clock in the system tray, or even the start menu. Actually, like they're not attached to the taskbar anymore. They float. There is. There is a gap. They're between, just loose. Yes, there's a gap. Not that. Not that you can drag them around. They're not windows, but they. Like the start menu, when you pop it up, will be visually detached. If you look at any of the screenshots for all the stuff that pops up off the taskbar, it is kind of a floating design. Yeah. I think that part looks kind of neat. I don't, I, I feel like I feel no particular attachment to the taskbar. I don't, I, I don't feel lie. like if, it, if the things are loose, that's fine. Well, uh, I have some news for you. Yeah. What's up? They think that the taskbar should be attached in a very specific way, which is yeah. to say it's now locked to the bottom. What the fuck? <laughs> I don't know how you didn't know about that. I feel like that did was they, like. Did they tell that? I did. I watched that whole stream. I didn't. I, they didn't talk about not, that no, at all. Not I mean, in we, there. Oh, you know the thing I forgot to mention at the top of the show. What the everlasting fuck? That is I, not okay. <laughs> the thing I forgot to mention at the top of the show is that a build of Windows 11 leaked days before that stream oh. even happened. So people knew this. I feel like that was like the only thing anybody was yelling about day one of that leak was like, you can't move the taskbar off the bottom anymore. What the hell? Oh, this will not stand. I, I don't know. I can't believe they are doing that. Why? Like my monitors are all super fucking wide. Why do I want to waste all those pixels on taskbar across I, the whole thing? I don't. I don't know. Oh my gentle Jesus! Okay, I'm, I'm looking right here on well, WCCF Tech. 
under under here is how Windows 11 taskbar changes things up. It's a long list of things. The one in bold alignment to the bottom of the screen is the only location allowed. I mean, look, I get why they would want to change that because I'm sure it's a design hassle to have to like move everything all, you know, like constantly be moving that stuff. Right. Like you you have to design it four different ways. Yes. And the behavior is like, frankly, as a left taskbar person, which I know makes me a huge weirdo. The the behaviors for left taskbar do not often are nonsensical to foolish. I've tried to switch and I have the same problem. Yeah, it's but like realistically on widescreen monitors, it just it just takes so many friggin pixels to have across the bottom. Yeah, it's just short enough for me to not care. Yeah, if it was if it was any taller, it would be more of a problem. The problem the problem I have is on my portrait ultra wide. Which is a very silly monitor in the first place. <laughs> I bet that's a very tall taskbar. It syncs the the taskbar position syncs across Windows since I log into the same account oh, from both machines. Sure. I don't actually know how to ch- disable that syncing. Mm. So I have a very tall, very long left taskbar on that computer. That sounds it, ugh, absurd. It's just, pretty ridiculous. Okay, absurd. this is bad. I'm suddenly I, like. <laughs> Look, see now you know how I feel all the time. But mine is rational Finally. and makes perfect sense, and yours oh, is see. irrational and and yes, you know, of being course, persnickety. Of course, all of your opinions are objectively correct. Yes, I'm glad somebody finally agrees. Mm-hmm. What else they got, Brad? I guess they're saying yet again that they are finally going to fully unify the control panel, and I assume that means get rid of all the legacy dialogues that are still in there. But I will believe it when I see it. So I haven't. I guess I talked to them around Windows 10 launch and they did not, they actively did not say that they are unifying both control panels. They said they are working on it. Mm, well. This is a problem that's existed since I think Windows 8, which came out in 2012, uh, where they had like the the UWP slash Metro control panel, which is called settings. And then they had the classic control panel, which is kind of the same thing that's been there since like XP or yep. maybe even 95. Yeah. Um, and, and like, there's still a bunch of stuff like you can't like there's sound settings that you can only access in the old control panel applet and the settings app doesn't have all the right stuff. So like I, it would be really nice to just look in one place for all of this stuff. I agree. I just hope they actually do it right. Yeah. The windows snapping layouts that seemed really good yeah that's i mean that's basically fancy zones from power toys right but maybe slightly less fancy because you can configure your own zones on power toys and i think this is still just like oh i think this is them looking at the aspect ratio of number of pixels on your monitor and making some intelligent decisions about where how big windows might want to be oh that's disappointing i was hoping this was configurable i was hoping they literally just uplifted fancy zones into proper windows but i I could be wrong yeah i could i could be wrong so we'll see um, hey, I got good news, Brad. How do you, how would you feel if I told you that they were going to put teams as a, like a main core windows feature? I, I would immediately respond with a question. Yes. Can I remove teams? I, we'll find out. Can I, can I just right click teams in the start menu on uninstalled? Probably. I don't know. Because you can do so, that candy crush. Another core it, windows feature. Right. Exactly. <laughs> can I just candy crush it? Um, I, I use teams I'm, for work and yeah. I don't even want this. Okay. That's pretty telling. I mean, look, I've kind of come around on Teams. When you use Teams and you live outside of the Teams infrastructure, Teams is an unequivocal evil piece of software. That's the experience I've had. When you use it as your day to day way to communicate with everybody in your in your in your business, in your company, it's actually like they do a lot of stuff that's pretty smart. So it's it's janky, but good, I would say. Yeah, we're we're on in my in my other job, in my other life, in my day job. We're having that experience right now of like having a bunch of meetings with different people looking for different services and stuff. And it's like, oh, this company uses Zoom. Yes. This company wants to meet on Teams. These this one, like literally we are doing the round robin of like, oh, they're using Google Hangouts for this meeting. Look, I'll I'll give you I'll tell you a secret. If you send the invite, you pick what you use. That's and hot, I just send tip. everything in Zoom. It that's turns a hot out. Tip. That's a hot yeah, tip. Hot tip. Um, Edge Bing is integrated everywhere. Even if you don't, cho- even if you choose other defaults, that seems to be the case in the Insider build. It's the kind of the way it's always been. Mm. So, like, if you search, if you accidentally do web search from the command line from the from the start menu, oh, like you press God. the Windows button and you type something and it like does a search instead of launching the app that you wanted, it's still going to be Bing and Edge. So sure. that's unfortunate. My my one of my most wanted, maybe my most wanted Windows feature is a filter for what the start menu searches when you type into it. 
You used to be able to do that. You can't anymore. Like there, there are some right registry hacks that you can kind of do stuff now, but like it searches, you know, it searches files, it searches the web, yeah. all kinds of shit. Like I just wanted to look through the software I have installed and nothing else, please. I, I, yeah, I want, I w- that's exactly what I want. I just want the software that's installed on the computer. Yeah. Maybe files, but even that's questionable. Yeah. Um, uh, game pass is built in. Xbox stuff is integrated again, which is good. Um, that all seems, that's it. that all seems sensible. Like yeah. that, those were the kind of the high points. There wasn't like they, it's early. It seems like so they're they were showing some little stuff. Um, they did talk about like expanded touch targets for people with touch screens and stuff like that, which is something that's gotten a little bit better every time. Like every time they've done even with like Windows ten updates. Yeah. Um, I feel like the rounded corners will help with that because it gives you a bigger bigger surface area to hit. Um, you would say that. I love rounded corners. I love round 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 rips yeah uh so there but there were also some big like under the hood feature changes and some of these i'm gonna say pretty surprising uh one of the big ones is that on the microsoft store like the the windows version of apple's app store the google play store uh like if you want to do your own payment processing then you can just do that and they aren't going to take a cut so, so how, like, how does that work? How do you plug? Well, I'm not sure. I assume there's some API or something on the back end, right? Like, how would you actually plug your, your own payment processor? So like if in? you use Stripe or, 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 you know, like any of the, there's a bunch of payment processing systems. You just write your application with that API and then you don't go through the Microsoft instead of, instead of using Microsoft's API that they take their 30% cut on everything you sell. Right. Or I think actually they said it's 15 now, but anyway, um, then then you just do your own and and you take whatever stripes cut is which is usually like payment payment uh credit card transaction fees plus a small percentage but but you're still distributing the software through the microsoft store yeah they don't they don't care i think games is maybe the exception but interesting and then um, this is a good thing this is this is like this is very much look if we're being realistic about the impact of, of this change to windows users to people who use the windows store it's probably pretty negligible because yeah. I don't think many people use the Windows Store and even fewer are buying, like doing transactions yeah. through the Windows Store for That's, things that are yes. cash money. Right. Like this is not a massive revenue stream that they're giving up, right? Microsoft is saying it's this would this is it's not quite equivalent to me saying, hey, guys, the Will Smith revenue, the Will Smith app store is no longer. I <laughs> hey, a, I have an app store. Surprise. B. I am not going to charge you money if you implement your own transaction system. This is important specifically because Epic, the creators of such games as Unreal Tournament 2004 and Fortnite, <laughs> are are suing Apple, yes. the creators of the iPhone and the iPhone App Store, for not letting them do their own payment processing system inside an app that's distributed through the App Store. Yeah. And they're doing that because they are tired of paying Apple 30% of all of the money that their application earns right. when they are actually distributing the files and all the other stuff for Apple for the, like all the, all that you download when you download Fortnite from the app store was like a launcher basically. Okay. By doing this, Microsoft is saying, Hey Epic, if you need an example of like other app stores that don't behave in this anti-competitive kind of shitty way, we have some that are probably legally actionable for you. Um, and and just to be clear, like Apple, like realistically, any company that's not Facebook, Amazon, Microsoft, Netflix, the Fang, the other one, yeah, the Fangs plus Microsoft. Why is Microsoft not a Fang? I don't know. I don't. I think yeah, I, I have to assume it's because it does not pronounce well. Like, where would you put an M in there? Mafang, Fang, motherfucking Angs. Anyway, anyway, if you're not a trillion dollar company. And you're suing Apple. It's the equivalent of like you and me suing Apple. It's right. like yes. we're what's, all in this together with what's Epic, the point, right? What's the point? But I Epic's mean, going to get crushed. They're going to get destroyed in this lawsuit. It doesn't matter. It's good right. that they're doing it. Right. But I mean, like the, also the point is this is not some like good natured benevolent move on Microsoft's part, right? It's like, hey, this this app store is like and also ran in this space already. So this is a way we can get some yeah, attention is, on it and get people using it, even if we're not like we're already a trillion dollar company, right? Like like we already have Azure and Office and Windows and like 18 other revenue streams. Like we don't yeah. need this store to be hugely profitable. We can leverage it uh, as a competitive play. They can use it to stick a knife in right. somebody else's back yes. at a convenient moment, which right. is exactly what's happening. But it's still it's still good for the the resellers that will be 
benefit yeah. from it. And then, I mean, if Epic wants to distribute Fortnite through the App Store <laughs> instead of just downloading a file, they can now. Um, did this? I, I assume I don't think they talked about this on that stream, but does this dovetail with the rumors about uh, Win32 apps on that store and so forth? There's no rumors. That's just that's that, just that a thing that happened that, like that is a confirmed. year ago. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, you must be. You behind. can you can download Win32 oh, that, apps on the Windows Store oh, right that's now. Ar- that's already there. Yeah. Oh. Or. Let me let me rephrase. They said that you could do that a while ago, whether it actually happened yet or if it's tied okay. to Windows Next slash Windows 11. Yeah. What Windows Next became. I, I don't know. Because there's like there's a fair amount of like some core low level stuff uh, that Microsoft makes on the Windows store now, like the new Windows terminal, which is fantastic. Um, the new PowerShell. PowerShell Power 3.8. Right. right. There's a lot of like command line utility type stuff on there. And I, I'm not clear if those are like being bundled up in some UWP capacity still or no, they're just normal ass programs. Are they? Are they? Yeah. Okay. Um, cause the Python, the Python is just an EXE, I believe. Okay. Um, so also on the losers bundling their, their like <laughs> airing of grievances by the <sighs> third, third rate companies in Harsh. these spaces. Well, I mean, look, unless you have a fire tablet, the Amazon app store is not super relevant to you. Probably. However, Amazon does have a way to distribute Android apps outside of Google. Microsoft loves to have more apps available on their platform. Sure. So rather than using BlueStacks or one of those Android emulators on your on your PC to run TikTok to get the TikToks, now you can just download the Amazon App Store and in, get this. You can get an App Store for your App Store so you can download apps while you're downloading apps. I just, I'm resisting the urge to make any kind of exhibit joke here. Look, I think it's I think it's too late for that now, if we're being honest. Uh, but look, Amazon's App Store probably doing OK for Fire tablet users, probably yeah. not lighting the world on fire for normal Android people. Yes. But they said, hey, you can actually put an App Store inside another App Store and it's not going to destroy the business for anyone involved, setting more precedents that can be cited in ongoing litigation, mm. antitrust cases and things like that. Very convenient. It is incredibly convenient. So. Um, like this is, this is, I, we talked about this last week a little bit, or maybe in the patron episode, I can't remember, but like, this is, this is the war is coming moment. Like yeah, the, we, the when fangs we were, and Microsoft are going at it. When we were planning this episode, like I, I was all excited to get in here and talk about rounded corners and, uh, you know, centered start menus and so forth. And then you blurted out, <laughs> you blurted out the phrase war is coming. That's the point here. And I was like, Whoa, it's got dark all of a sudden, but I'm trying to pull up this, uh, this article you sent me from Bloomberg, I believe it was. Yeah, so it was in Bloomberg. There's uh, a non-paywalled version on the Mercury News because the Bloomberg News. one you immediately had, like get hit for four hundred dollars on. Yes, yes. Um, but but the, yeah, the headline: Google and Microsoft end their five-year ceasefire. And I didn't really know about any of this. I, I, or you know, I think I maybe knew at one point and forgot that they used to butt heads all the time. So when um, Sundar, Sundar Pichai and Sachin Nadella were, were young and new CEOs of these giant corporations, they said, hey, let's let bygones be bygones. And instead of going to government regulators to solve our problems when we disagree with each other, let's establish a process that's fair and equitable for everyone to resolve our differences peacefully without involving the feds or the euro feds or whichever pick your government regulatory body. Um, so they did that for five years. It, it expired. Nobody's renewing it. <laughs> They're all walking away. Microsoft has already gone to the Ukes uh, complaining about, uh, I think ad like about the fact that on ad and Google's ad. So Google has an ad marketplace. We can buy ads across all networks, including Microsoft's and they're not supporting the new Bing features that Microsoft wants them to support in a timely manner. So Microsoft is alleging that they're losing business to similar Google features because Google is prioritizing their own products in what is supposed to be an otherwise open marketplace, thus performing anti-competitive behaviors. And I believe that they did actually go through the entire process for this. And the end of the process was them calling the regulators and complaining. Hmm. Um, so, but, but again, this is an interesting situation because Microsoft and Google, like realistically, Microsoft, not super competitive on the browser front, probably a little bit more competitive on the search front. Yeah. Like, like that kind of got us listing out and just cut off the top of the head in this document here, like what fronts they do compete on. So it's like. Like, I have to assume Bing is not any real threat to Google search. Bing probably Bing shows up in weird places like Bing is the default for DuckDuckGo. I think it's the Yahoo search now. Okay, but like realistically, probably not a big like they're not 
they're not making much money off of Bing search would be my right, guess. Right. There's, I, I assume this on a micro, like it's a shitload of money for you or me, but for like right. Microsoft, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's like, not, it's not a thing. you know, tuppence, you know, there's yeah. office office 365 versus like the Google apps suite. I'd say that's probably a pretty, pretty significant source of competition. Yeah. Um, Azure obviously is huge and I couldn't tell you the name of Google's cloud. It's called Google's cloud and it's huge also. Is it huge? Yes. Google cloud compute is a, they do a lot of, okay. like, it's not like AWS where all the big services that you know and love, like Netflix run on it, but it's in the same scale. So, so yeah, the last time I looked at a ranking, it was like AWS, then Azure, then everything else was the impression I got, but maybe Google's gotten bigger there. They're, they're in the top five. Okay. Yeah. And I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if the top five on this is a thing where like one and two or the one is the only one that matters or one and two are the only one that matters or the top five are all equivalent now because it kind of changes on the on the moment. Yeah, by moment. I, I have to imagine that is like maybe probably the fastest moving world in computing, right? Because all the entire world runs on it now. I mean, they're building a massive amount of every everyone that has this kind of money is building a massive amount of infrastructure because like this is why compute like buying compute in the cloud has gotten cheap is because everybody just keeps putting more fucking servers into data centers that are planted next to hydroelectric power stations and stuff like that. Do you think, do you think when it's safe to go back out into the world, which seems like it'll get here sooner or later at this Mm -hmm. point, do you think we could go like do an episode from a data center? Absolutely not. No, no, they're really, really cold and really, really loud. That's why. Well, okay. Loud is yes, that's a problem. But the cold is why I want to go. Also, they're very secretive. Yeah, I know. I know. That's why I, Asked if you thought we could get away with it. I, mean, I, I want to experience that cold. I want to see what it feels like in there. Maybe we don't record in there, but um, I would I think, love to go in a day. If, if anybody, anybody listening to those can get us into a Bay Area data center on the sly. I just want to see how cold it is in there. I think if we I think if we wanted to go inside a supercomputer, we could probably make that happen because a lot of those are Ooh. universities and stuff like that. And it's kind of the same vibe. I would totally do that as well. Yeah. Okay. Well, we put it out there. So if you, uh, the email address is techpod at content.com. <laughs> um, I've never then, been inside a supercomputer or I've been inside a data center, but it was like a, a colo where you brought like your own server that had pig ear, like ears on it and you just slammed it in the rack and then plugged it in and then ooh, left. Yeah. That sounds fun. It's was, been 20 years since I did that. So slamming something into a rack. That sounds fun. 300, pr- 300 bucks a month for a slot and some that's, bandwidth. That's pretty much my, my top three things to go inside data center uh, slots. Data center, supercomputer, particle accelerator. Not oh. necessarily in that order. You don't <laughs> want to be in the particle accelerator. Not when in it's on. the particle accelerator okay. inside the facility. What is the beam? Does the beam tingle? Oh, yeah, that's mm-hmm. weird. Um, okay, so Google Apps, Azure, and the Google Cloud. Uh, I think ads is probably the yeah. big contentious one. Yeah, I think that's probably what this Bloomberg story talked about the most. Well, that, that I think that's bit. just because it's the most recent example of yeah. a public scuffle. Yeah. yeah. Um, my guess is that there's more than that. And I bet I bet it comes all the way down to things like how Google apps are presented in the Play Store. I mean, how Microsoft apps are pl- presented in the Play Store versus how Google apps are presented. And like my, my guess is that they're really pissed all the time at each other. Yeah, that's possible. I mean, <laughs> the story has got some fun quotes in it. Uh, yes. So Google, this Google senior vice president, Kent Walker, is quoted as accusing Microsoft of, quote, naked corporate opportunism. Oh, those yeah. are hot dude corporations, Brad. Uh, no, thank you. That's not the road. I was, I was I was thinking more of a Wild West fighting words kind of situation of they're going to duel at noon. Maybe, but I mean, they're playing poker and then it goes bad, right? Yeah. Um, and tech regulation, tech regulatory action is going to get weird, isn't it? Because I don't think it's ever going to happen again. Probably you don't, you don't think so. Well, no. I, 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 the, Maybe I, I, the think EU. The, I, well, I think the X factor is the is the kind of you know right wing censorship angle. All the, oh, all I know. The, the, all the Section two thirty nonsense. The, I mean, like, Florida. The Florida courts have already shut down that that stupid law from Florida the other that that just was signed the other day. Yeah, so. I mean, I, I'm not. I don't know if it'll ever actually go anywhere, but it has lit a fire under the asses of people who are usually very friendly toward large corporations, and suddenly are not. Yeah, I don't know. The check uh, they still cash the checks. I bet. Yeah, we'll we'll see if anything ever um, come, comes of that stuff. But anyway, um, so it's okay. So other under the hood stuff. Um, direct storage. We talked about this. With the maybe next gen consoles, I can't remember. We talked about it last year. Oh, yeah, the AMD, uh, the, the AMD the, cards, I think, last year. Yeah, also, also around the thirty eighty announcement because yeah. Nvidia, Nvidia was pushing. Um, yeah, so that's the thing that offloads like asset compre- decompression and stuff onto the graphics card from the CPU. Yeah, but it lets the it more specifically it lets the GPU access storage on the SSD without any without using the CPU. Right. Right. So. 
um, which which is basically what the consoles, the next gen con the I mean, I guess they're now current the PS5 and the Xbox Series yes. S and X do yes. Yes. to have no load times. Right. Um Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That gets into weird territory of like you have to worry about what drive specific games are installed on that support this or not, right? And it's like, oh, if if this game supports this and I have the hardware, then I want to make sure that's on my super fast like PCIe 4 drive and not like my crappy old eight-year-old uh, you know, SATA 3 drive and, and also you ha- you're gonna have to start thinking about how many lanes you have right. accessible yes, in your cpu and yes. and so never enough lanes never enough lanes um what, when is this all happening brad what's the story how can i get it now uh october 20th uh, when this comes out soon is that for everybody no although this doesn't i don't know if this has been clarified beyond this tweet granted the tweet came from at windows Okay, so, that's a you know, that's a cromulent source. I as, believe, as, as as Twitter goes, I don't think there's a more authoritative source about Windows than at Windows. Um, and this is also responding to a random person asking them about this. But uh, they say Windows 11 is due out later in 2021 and will be delivered over several months. But this is the part that caught my eye. The rollout of the upgrade to Windows 10 devices already in use today will begin in 2022 through the first half of the, of the year. So I mean, that, that's in line with what they do right now with Windows 10, major Windows 10. Yeah, updates. like the, the, the semi-annual feature updates get spread like that upgrade rollout is spread over like, what, two, three months? Like the, more than that. Sometimes the, like I, um, I didn't get 20 H2 until I mashed the button and forced it a few yeah, weeks ago. Wh- whichever one had one uh, Windows subsystem for Linux 2 in it last year. Was that the 2021 H1? I think I think I think they were calling it 2004 at that point. But yeah, like I didn't I didn't yeah. I didn't get that until like a, a three weeks before the fall update came down. <laughs> I don't know why. I, I think it's compatibility stuff, right? So, yeah, they what they do is they use the different um, testing rings, the beta and dev channel, and they validate hardware on the beta testing rings. And then once you're once all the hardware in your machine is validated for a particular build, they'll push it out to the builds right. that have that hardware in it. Right. So, so like if you have a weird HDMI capture card or like um, the one that always held me back was the HTC, the Y gig wireless Vive connector yeah. um, was a screwball piece of hardware that hardly anybody has. So it ended up way down at the bottom of the list and you yeah, like get know, stuff I, really late. I know network mounts have factored into that before in terms of incompatibilities. Like, like you, you always see people when those things come out go like, ah, oh, just go get the installer. You can do it manually. Like, what are you waiting for? But it's like, I, I don't want to run that thing manually and then reboot and find that like my network drives don't work anymore. <laughs> like I can't afford that kind of downtime. Some, some of that stuff, like I think for all the criticism Microsoft's had with windows 10 for having updates that accidentally delete everybody's file and stuff like that. Occasionally, the upgrade process has been seamless almost every time I've done it. And the one yeah. time that I had a problem, yeah. it resolved itself a couple of weeks later. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm waiting, waiting for them to push it to me. I have not had any problems for some years now. Um, it's, it's free for windows 10. Yes. People who would yes. license windows 10s. Yes. If it's that. So like, I guess we're getting into a situation now where like people who bought windows seven keys are now going to be upgrading to windows 11 off that same key. Right. I, I, I'm, I am that exact person. So, I mean, windows seven or windows eight key. Um, that is now is still good. Yes. Windows seven is also the last windows that I paid for as well. Um, so it's my assumption is that the machines that are shipping in October are probably OEM machines. Um, and that you can probably buy a retail copy if you want for a new computer. That's my assumption as well. And that if you want to, like, if you want to get it before that, you can probably upgrade to one of the beta dev rings and get, I mean, you get upgraded to a dev ring right now if you have supported hardware. Yes. Now Uh, the, the, that therein lies the rub. Yeah, I was going to say the other part of this is that the supported hardware list is really weird. It's weird. That um, seems like the only actual thing anybody is talking about with regard to Windows 11 at this point. Well, it's it's weird because like the hardware list is like you need a dual core processor that's one gigahertz. And but it also needs to be an Intel 8th gen or newer or a Zen 2 or newer, which are yeah. like H, H, 8th gen core are i3, i5, i9. Um, well, it's the like 8,000 8, series yeah, it's cards. The, it's the 8,700, uh, 8,900, yeah. 8,600. So like I've got a 7,700K that I bought. Get fucked, Brad. Yeah, I can't run Windows 11 on my main computer, which is like, that is what, a four-year-old CPU or maybe five now? The 8th Gen Core launched four years ago. Almost okay. exactly four years ago. Three and at 3.75 years ago or something like okay. that. Okay, so I think this must be a 2016 CPU that I've got at 7,700. But yeah, it won't. Yeah. Like, that's, that's Ryzen's in the 2000, in the 1 and 2000 range, like... You need so a Ryzen that, 3000 or newer to on, on the AMD side. It's theoretically new. Those chips are only 23 months old. 
Yeah, like that's like, crazy. That, like on, on paper, that is like when you when you dig into the reasons for this, it starts to sound a little more sensible. But like on paper, you know, three, four year old CPUs not being able to run the next Windows sounds completely bananas. Well, when you look at Microsoft's legacy of supporting things indefinitely, right. yes, especially it, like, in that context. Also, when the requirements are, hey, you need a dual core. And I think there was only one or two core I8 dual cores made. Right. Like they were only one or two SKUs that were not not vendor SKUs, but like one or if you go to arc.intel and look right. at all the lists of yeah. core i8, which I did before the show, I can only find one that was a dual core and it's like oh. a screwball mobile part. Interesting. Like palm tops or something, something right. really screwy. I mean, the you know, the the, the eye catching headline out of all this is like Microsoft is selling surface devices right now that will not run Windows 11. Yeah. Wow, really? Yes, there are there are surfaces with CPUs in them that are still in, in the active product line that will not run Windows 11 because of this requirement. Well, so okay, when we when we talked about this before, we talked about it on the on the Discord. I explicitly said I really hope that Microsoft at some point in the future, like lets lets old things die, and comes out and makes a new version of Windows. Right, that yeah. actually uses underlying technologies that exist in modern hardware. And will work like a new version of Windows. Right. Well, that seems hey, like what they're doing. But that, good luck, this guys. Is, they this did is, it. This is the casualty of that is that your four-year-old computer won't run it. So now the last time they did this, it was called Windows Vista. And they had to try take two stabs at it before they got it right. And uh, they ended up pulling out all of the interesting things that made Windows Vista look cool and seem cool. And just released like a really badly performing 3D accelerated kind of on, on a small percentage of the hardware that was available at the day. Dude. Um, this not to go off on a tangent here, but did you know there's like a Longhorn fan community out there? Oh yeah, <laughs> you, you of all people would know that. If you would like to talk to the people who think that WinFS was killed unjustly, they will <laughs> at length let you know the pros and cons that no modern file system could possibly compare that's, to the silent and completely non-performant majesty of Windows FS. Like, I'm pretty sure you can find a subreddit out there of people who are still finding ways to get, like, dev builds of Longhorn running and, like, are running that as their daily driver. Look, we don't need to talk about the things you can find on subreddits. <laughs> it's incredible to me. But, uh, um, so, so... Longhorn okay, so was the Longhorn was the kind of aborted, like very ambitious Windows reboot that Vista replaced. To to be clear, and Longhorn essentially the team that made the first version of Longhorn, which was the code name for the first version of Vista, ended up working on SP two, and then they shit canned all of that and redid right. it for what right. became Vista. Yes, and then they messed up by doing a bunch of really cool three D compositing stuff on the desktop that none of the Intel integrated graphics that were on the market at the time could support. Yeah. Um. And also the machines didn't have enough memory to run. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The yes. point is, I don't think that we're looking at another Vista situation here. I could be wrong, but if this feels better than that, the things that they're doing. The, so the big deal is you have to have a TPM 2.0 module. Yeah, well, there are two two big deals here, but that is the first one for sure. And you have to have support for like actual virtualization hardware, which pretty much everything made in the last 10 years should have. I don't I don't I mean, I'm sure there's some low end CPUs that don't because Intel uses or AMD use that as a marketing as a, as a way to differentiate products for marketing purposes. Um, but yeah. Well, hang when, on. So you're, the virtualization stuff you're talking about is, I thought that was why these CPU cutoffs were so aggressive. Is that not the case? No, the virtualization cutoff is because <clears throat> of the TPM 2.0 is my understanding. Are you I mean, sure? the, 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 the generational cutoff is because TPM 2.0 is relatively new. Hmm. Okay, I thought that I thought the CPU is older than like three, four years being axed was because of this virtualization they're doing for security under the hood. No, the virtual is. Yeah, yes, that is correct. But that's it's, what I'm the. Hold on. Can I say the things? Virtualization yes, say, based say, security. Yeah. VBS. I like to get based. Virtualization based security and hypervisor protected code integrity. Are the two. Maybe I misread. There's a story on Tech Republic. We should put it in the notes. Yeah, uh, where they dug into this, they talked to like Microsoft's head of security about this stuff. And it sounds like those virtualization technologies, I, I was under the impression that's why these CPUs were being cut off at the knees. I, I could be wrong, but my understanding is that the virtualization stuff is essentially unchanged for the last like 10 years. OK, maybe I'm misunderstanding here. Anyway, the point is they are virtualizing a lot of the security stuff under the hood in Windows 11. Yes. Sandboxing it, sandboxing it from the rest of the OS. Yes, which you seemed skeptical about before this. I so okay, open so to the argument. I I think it depends on what, as always with this hardware encryption stuff and the sandboxing. It depends on what gets access to that, right? If they're using it for antivirus and firewalls and security stuff, 
fantastic. I love that. Now, there's also a whole multiple classes of categories of software that want access, like rootkit level access to the kernel for Windows, like uh, DRM for video games, like like, uh, you know, your your uh, what's the bad one that everybody hates? Um, There's a lot. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> so there's a bunch of DRMs that essentially root your system to 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 oh, prevent to Denuvo. Denuvo, yeah, that's is, the one. Is one of them. Yeah, that's, that's the one that everybody bitches about. Yeah. Um, there's anti cheat for games. Like Riot has an anti cheat that runs at a ridiculously low level for video yeah. game nonsense. Yes, but also a bunch of other stuff does that too. Like like it's so if Microsoft is giving Riot root level access to my computer in a virtualized environment that I can't even access. I'm not super enthusiastic about Okay, that. when you put it that way, I'm not either. I didn't I didn't consider the idea of third parties getting access at that level through this conduit. Yeah. And if Denuvo gets that, fuck that. That sounds terrible. Okay, but but reading this, I was under the impression this was just Microsoft itself. So that's that's the part getting, that I haven't found any information. Like okay. there's they, nobody's talked about it. Well, this is I, all very new. This Tech Republic story, this interview just came out like yesterday or, or the day before, I think. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. We got to the bad part before we got to the good. The good part is very good. Like having like like so a lot of the ways I, I am not a security expert at all. So I'm going to mess this up and I apologize to the people who are actually good at this because it's a really hard job. And and I apologize for grossly oversimplifying. But when you talk about a malware, like a malware that essentially is like ransomware, basically what does what it does is somebody comes in, gets low level access to your machine and then uses the hardware encryption stuff on the machine or just software encryption to zip up the hard drive, put a password on it that you're never going to be able to crack until the heat death of the universe. And it pops up a thing on the screen that says, yo, if you want this computer back, send some Bitcoin to this address. Now. Again, gross oversimplification, the, the gist is. What this is doing is preventing anything that's unauthorized and not signed by a vendor that Microsoft verifies and trusts from accessing the low level parts of the of the of the PC world that would allow you to access the entire drive and do this thing. Right. So it's and and it's giving your antivirus and firewalls and all of that stuff a protected space to operate from that prevents them from because like. Phase one of of these these ransomware attacks is often disable all of the corporate antivirus shit that everybody has installed on their computers from corporate IT. And then once we've turned that off, then we can do whatever the hell we want. But if that stuff's running in a protected virtual environment, it's harder to hit. Right. Nothing's impossible ever. But, you know, it's just another layer of 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 protection if they do it right. And if there's no horrible flaws, uh, the TPM two stuff, by the way, came out like two, three years ago. So it's relatively new. Yeah. Do we need to talk about that real fast? The trusted platform module. Yeah, it's it's a keychain. It's, it's like it's a dumb keychain where you can put secure files on a piece of hardware that lives on the PC and is outside of the storage on the on the drive. So it's literally either a standalone like little USB dongle that you jam into the USB motherboard ports, or it lives on a chip that's that's soldered to the board. Right. And when you say dumb, you're not passing a value judgment. You're saying like it does not. It has no logic. It has no it's logic attached to it. It is just yeah. it is just a, a a simple receptacle. It is a place to store keys that is outside of the OS and and is accessible at a at a very low level. Yeah, I think I I saw you can like add a TPM to boards that don't have it. Like it, like a lot of them will literally plug into like one of the USB headers. Yeah. The so the, those little eight or ten pin USB headers, you can get those. They're like twenty bucks. Yes. But ironically, if if you need to add a TPM manually, you probably also have a PC old enough that it may not be on the supported list anyway. Well, but but I mean, the the actual specs like the clock speed and memory requirements and stuff are not super aggressive. So no, 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 no. That's I'm, a- I'm talking about this arbitrary CPU cutoff. So I, I dug this out of that Tech Republic story just to clarify. Okay. We were talking about that before. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Intel eighth generation CPUs, AMD Zen 2 and Qualcomm 7 and 8 series. Like those are the ones those that are work. arm chips. Yeah. Um, have the right hardware features for security, reliability and performance. They also have full Windows 11 support. OK. OK. Here's the part where we were conflicted while seventh generation uh intel and uh, amd zen cpus uh, have the have the hardware features they have what microsoft described to us as quote limited support so one of the things the windows insider releases of windows 11 will show is exactly which of those earlier processors will deliver a good enough experience to be supported so so is this virtualization or is it tpm or do we not know that sounds like the virtualization stuff is what they're mm-hmm. talking about there but it's that so so i don't know if we are jump the gun here but they have just and part of this i think is the outcry over the cpu thing 
They yeah. have just relaxed the requirements quite a bit on the the insider the devring. Yeah, but they, the the insider requirement relaxing explicitly says when this goes final, you will no longer have access right, to these right. builds. So, so you'll have to roll no, back to Windows 10. There's no guarantee that the like 7700, 6700 chips no. are going to get support in the end. That may well stay. I, I mean, I'm going to say this as somebody who's sitting here looking at a bunch of supported machines. It it sucks if you have a machine that's not supported. You're not. It doesn't matter. Well, like no, no, no. I'm saying just run Windows. Like I'm. This is the first time in my life I've ever not been had to upgrade to Windows the moment that the new one's available. Yeah, I'm very excited about this. <laughs> see, because I'm I going to tell that. you, it makes it it is it is like this is this is inside baseball nonsense. But like having to run beta ass Windows is for oh, yeah. God a year out one year out of every two or three sucks. I you know I I have always I have long been so jealous of you getting to test every GPU that comes out and. Talk to Microsoft. I'm such a fucking nerd about this stuff that I thought it was super cool that you got to do this all day long. But when you put it that way, when if I had to run unfinished ass windows all the time, I don't think I would be very happy about it. Yeah. Like, let me tell you about the time that I was trying to edit the podcast on a deadline and I just installed Windows 10 early, early ass Windows 10. And Adobe was like, yo, we only support Windows up to Windows 8. Uh, you, You need to get a current version of Windows to do this. Yeah, it's it's not there's pros and cons. That does not sound fun. Um, and and also with the rise of NVMe, NVMe SSDs and stuff like that, it's a lot harder to dual boot than it used to be because yes. Windows, uh, you know, the, it's weird now. Boot, bootloader stuff has also just generally gotten more complicated. It seems like yeah, um, the, your, the the penalty for failure is extraordinarily high right yes. now. For also, that. so I mean, part and parcel with this is that they announced that Windows 10 is end of lifeing in October 2025. So you have four years to so upgrade that, your computer. That still seems kind of aggressive to me. They'll push it back. They always do. Okay. Okay. Like, didn't they end up with supporting Windows 7 a lot longer than they said they would? They supported Windows XP until like three years ago. It's well, insane. XP, I feel like, is a is an edge case. Look, it's it'll be fine. Don't worry about okay. it. Okay. Um, here, so the other thing about this hypervisor stuff that I didn't get to is that they actively say it's going to be disabled in certain regions because of anti-cheat in games, including China and Korea. Okay. So so presumably there's enough games there that are popular enough and cheating is such a problem that like they assume that a a certain percentage of enough PCs have games installed that they're just going to not run this hypervisor stuff at all in Korea and China. Okay. So very clear that windows 11 will function just fine without that stuff. Yeah. It's a security feature. It's a bonus. I, they also say you can disable it via a registry key for high performance gaming PCs and, mm, and the like. Interesting. I wonder what the, like typically running stuff in a hypervisor has a real performance impact on the entire machine because of the way scheduling threads works. And I wonder if that's what's happening here. So we'll see. Um, for a while, like Windows, Windows CPU benchmarks will actually be relevant again for the first time in some time. Yeah, kind of. It's interesting. Um, should we talk about the PC Health Check app for a minute? Because it's yes. it, this is a weird. This won't matter in like six months, so you can tune out if you don't care. But it was weird. Um, they they usually when there's a new version of Windows, even for insiders, they have a little tool that's like, "Yo, is your computer ready for the new version of Windows?" And you run it. And it's like, "Yeah, you can totally upgrade right now." Like generally, you don't even need to download that, right? Because like if your computer is less than ten years old, the answer is always yes. Probably, yes. I, I mean, sometimes, like sometimes now, if you have weird hardware, it's worth doing. Like if well, you have yeah, like a microscope yeah. or something like a computer, yes. who knows? Or, or like an old printer. Uh, so apparently, like most everybody who installed this app, it, it was like, no, you can't run Windows. And it did it because at first, if you had a TPM2 module on your motherboard and it was disabled in the BIOS, which most normal people who build computers do out of habit because you don't, who fucking cares? Um, it failed. Right. Uh, and then that led to a giant wave of blog articles saying like, here's how to enable TPM in your BIOS. So that thing won't fail anymore. Yeah. So now it's impossible to search for Windows 11 and TPM, get any usable information at all. Um, the second update to this gave more context about how to enable the TPM module. But then it it it, some, it failed in other interesting ways. And then uh, they basically said, look, we're going to pull this and we're going to send something out better, <laughs> which I assume means they're going to look at like hardware strings and and make a list of all the motherboards that have TPM2 modules and identify from the driver strings. I, I don't I don't know. It's do weird. Think, do you think whoever launched that tool had a bad day at Microsoft? Look, I feel I, I don't I don't I wonder. So from talking to people who've been responsible for launching other versions of Windows. 
I feel like they don't really, they just assume that there's going to be millions of people pissed off at them no matter what they do. <laughs> it's just, it's priced in. It's just the cost of doing business in a space where billions of people use your operating yeah. system on Fair. Such, a, such a screwy list of hardware. Fair. Like, like you think about it on iOS, like on iOS, they have five or 10 phones a year across a handful of different providers. So you're looking at maybe a thousand devices all told that support a new version of iOS, iPads, iPhones, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, like there are companies that have a thousand different devices <laughs> deploying windows on a day to day. Sure. Yeah. So it's like, like people are going to be pissed. Yes. Um, and I also, this may have changed over time, but in the old days, they looked at the people who build their own PCs as like weird perverts who are out on the, the edge cases of society. <laughs> and like, if they're pissed <laughs> off, who cares? Oh man. Yeah. Is that, is that our ultimate fate? Look, to just just be regarded by younger generations as weird perverts on the edge of society. I mean, computer touchers, they they touch their computer. My daughter's really interested in like working. She 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 helped me install a video card the other day. Wow. And I was like, oh, this is really That's, fun. Okay, cool. Yeah. I mean, um, there, yeah, there's definitely that stereotype about younger people only knowing how to work a touch screen and et cetera, et cetera, which I. Yeah, she likes playing. Like, she, 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 yeah. It's, she I feel like it's, it's probably overblown. Probably. I assume. Depends. It's it, look. If your kid only wants to use a touchscreen, you fucked up by not in, in, introducing well, him to fun games. That's the thing. Uh, well, I'm not talking about controllers. So this came up on the Discord a few nights ago. Uh, the argument was more about like people who know how to build a PC versus yeah. people who only use a tablet and a phone or whatever. But like my assumption, based on nothing but my gut, is that the same number of people are probably still finding their way to building PCs as there has always been. It's I just would assume so. The people who are not doing that are now using touchscreens, where in the 80s they were using nothing. They were not touching technology at all. Yeah. Now everybody touches some level of technology where in the past, like, you get what I'm saying? I I would say that the number is probably increasing because of the number, the number of people who are exposed to technology is so much higher now that there's probably just a trickle down of new people coming into the hobby as a result. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I've just, just anecdotally looking at the internet, I feel like the building PC culture has never been more robust than it is right now. Right. I, I will say in the Windows 10 era, when I've talked to Microsoft about stuff, not I don't I don't we don't communicate all that much anymore, it turns out. But when we did, they were much more interested in the consumer perspective than before, because Windows as a service is a is an inherently more consumer focused product than like, say, Windows Vista for work, you know, Windows for work groups was or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah I, I Windows is weird. Yeah. Seems, I, I don't know. Seems like I'm good. Weird for the most part, though. It seems interesting. It's getting interesting. I, I like I said, like whether I think this is good, weird or bad, weird is going to entirely depend on who they let into that hypervisor. Yeah, because because like if Denuvo's in there, then I'm significantly less interested than if it's, you know, McAfee and Norton and right. Kaspersky and all those folks. Yeah. Also, it kind of calls into question, like what happens to like, you know, open source projects or our, our friends, Nursoft. Oh, or stuff God. like that. Like, yeah, that's like, the part we forgot. Like, this is the end of unsigned drivers for Windows. Oh, boy. Like, mm. period. There's mm. no there's no getting around that, I think, under this new regime. Right. Because they're wickle testing everything now. And that means you have to get it signed and you have to submit it. Right. And like, and there are big questions about cost for things like open source projects and small hardware businesses and, and people who make the weird shit that makes PCs fun and right. good and, right. and useful. Like that, like that search app. I always talk about everything. Uh, yeah. for, for windows which is incredible but like that thing runs an indexing service and i don't know where it would leave and and that thing is developed by a guy as, as far as i know it's free it's freeware is it signed i don't know it may be so it often a way to tell like often stuff that you can install that's not a portable app that lives in like your desktop folder your documents folder or whatever if you can install it without having to do a uac prompt like click the is it okay like it, the screen goes gray and it's like do you, do you want to install this thing that's that means it's probably signed by an authority that Microsoft recognizes. Okay. You you have to opt into the indexing service. It's not mandatory. Yeah. Um, for that one. But, but yeah, yeah, it's it's, where, it's the driver where, thing is weird. There's right. a ton of like Aurora, the the utility that runs that's like the the translation layer for all the different vendors who make light up keyboards so that like your your Overwatch that only supports the Razor API will light up my Logitech keyboard is 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 an unsigned driver written by an open source project so like if they have to suddenly raise five thousand dollars a year to submit shit to wickle then that piece of software is going to be valueless at that point which is a bummer i think we have to stop this podcast i can't hear you say the word wickle again 
What, you don't like the Windows Hardware Qualification Lab? Mm. Let me tell you, Brad, I went to a Microsoft software develop- hardware developers conference one time, and I'd never heard anybody pronounce WHQL before. Right. And it took me two full days that's, before I realized what the fuck Wickle was. That's exactly the experience. I, like, I've seen that term for, like, going on 20 years now, as, you know, because NVIDIA has put out WHQL drivers for that long. Love the Wickle. But that's how you know that I never actually worked in the tech press like you did. <laughs> Every time you say Wickle, I, like... I feel a shiver up my spine. That was in like 2007. I'd been doing it for 10 years almost oh, at that man. point. Ugh. Yeah. Anyway, Ugh. Microsoft loves acronyms. That's the TLDR here. Yeah. Yes. Now I'm going to go check out those hot nude corporations oh. and also thank our wonderful patrons yeah. on our listener supported show. Yeah. Uh, Brad and Will made a tech pod. Um, as always, thank you all in the Patreon, uh, whether you are at the hangout in the Patreon level or one of our executive producers, we'll talk about in a sec. Uh, you all are awesome. The discord this week has been, has been, I think discord like great. We've had a really good week in the discord, yes. right? Yes. Like there were it's a lot of good, like not a lot of conversations about things we don't want to talk about. A lot <laughs> of really good conversations about things we do want to talk some, about. Some some fun high level thought experiments, and also like uh, a lot of talk about the fast food chain cookout today. Which I don't. I've never been to a cookout. I also have never. Uh, apparently, as former residents of the South, like we are aberrations for never having been to a cookout. I think it didn't exist when we lived that's, there. That's exactly what I said. Was that yeah. I, I was vaguely aware of it in Eastern North Carolina when I lived out there, but. It was not it was not close enough to us, but apparently they're all over the place now. And well, um, let's see. We also uh, some patrons at different levels get access to the once a month patron exclusive episode. This month, we had so much fun turning Q's into A's that we just kept doing it. And yes. we turned way more Q's into way more A's. Except except uh, most of the Q's were pretty questionable. I mean, <laughs> look, they were they were questionable providence for sure. Um, and, and they were definitely not tech related, but we talked about, I don't know. We talked about, look, things got a little weird yesterday when we recorded that show, Brad. Yes. Sure enough though, as predicted, somebody check your math on the, how many pancakes would it take to shingle a doghouse question? Did I get it right? I didn't check. I didn't actually (sighs) compare the numbers. I was just, I was just happy to see somebody did the work. Well, now I want to know. Well, it's on the discord. You'll have to go. I can't. uh, can't. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, but as always, uh, so if you want to find out how to join the Patreon and join the Discord and join the conversation and help support, uh, like I said, our 100% listener supported show, you make this possible. Uh, you can by going to patreon.com slash tech pod. Again, that is patreon.com slash tech pod. Um, and as always, thank you to our executive producer level patrons, Andrew Slosky, the bunny fiend, Jacob Chapel, Joel Krauska, Twinkle Twinkie, David Allen, and James Kamek. Thank, thank you all you. so much. Thank and you, thank you, thank you. If you can't support the Patreon, that's also totally fine. Just you know, tell a friend. Listen to the show. Let some people know. Post a yeah. post a Facebook message. Yeah. Hey, tag your favorite uncle who's really into building computers in his basement. And uh yeah. or you know, like tag somebody who you think might like like a little more tech in their life. Spread the word. Download the podcast on like twelve different devices. No, no, no. That <laughs> that, that, that doesn't kidding. we don't I'm have kidding. ads. That doesn't help. It just I'm makes kidding. it worse. I'm kidding. Yeah. Um Brad? Yeah. I guess that'll do it. Yeah. Are you going to install Windows 11 when it comes out? Fuck. Oh, when it comes <laughs> out? Yeah, probably. Okay. Not, not tomorrow. Okay. I might just, I, but now I'm in a weird spot. I feel like I should like, like I was getting ready to do a reinstall, which is why we did that episode right. a few weeks ago. Yeah. And now I'm like, shit, maybe I should just wait. I mean, October might as well be a decade from now. Just, just treat yourself. I don't want to have to do two reinstalls though. Treat yourself to a fresh install. Man. You deserve it. Well, and then I'm going to have like Windows 10 on one computer, Windows 11 on the other computer because I'm not going to put on the stream machine. Like, this is a real, it's a dilly of a pickle. Well, we got until 2025 to decide. <sighs> See you all next week. Bye, everybody.